With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome to another episode of Ammo and Danny's Irish Anfield Road. Well, here we go. Liverpool in another, I'll repeat that, another European Cup final. This week, this show is probably one of the most jam-packed shows that we're ever going to record. There's so, 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 so much to talk about. But we can't but not start on Liverpool reaching the Champions League final. Danny, uh, 2-0 down. The game didn't really go how we expected. We expected to coast through. It did, did, did not happen. Um, before we kind of catch up and you know, chat about what we've been up to, what are your first thoughts on the um, the manic game that was VAL versus Liverpool last night? It was just crazy, wasn't it? I think there was, it was twofold for me. Is that one, I, and I've said this a few times this season, I think it only holds up in that game yesterday. Liverpool can't manage a game. As in, like, just try and see out a game and just sit there. The the tactic at the start of that match was pass the ball around, play sort of boring football, keep wearing them down, hope to get maybe a counter-attack at some point to get a goal and manage the game out. And Liverpool can't do that. And, and there's just sloppy passes. Thiago, Thiago's had, what, like 96% passing accuracy uh, in the last like five or six games. Like Played loads away with passes. Canate looked a little bit off as well. A few different things like that that just kind of really didn't help us to be able to manage that game properly. And then, as you said, second half, I think Klopp just said to them, do you know what? Play football like we always play football. And we went out and smashed it. And <laughs> so I think, and I don't know whether... They were used to the atmosphere. like They're used to the Anfield atmosphere and how crazy it is, yeah. but to have it against you, like because they were very much... And even, I don't know whether it was tactical or what, all the Liverpool fans being behind the plastic screens and stuff, uh, muted the Liverpool fans, the, the Villarreal fans were really loud, really intimidating. And I think all of these things are a little bit of a factor in the game. But 
We've seen it out. We've seen it out, and that's all that matters. I'm, I'm wearing another European Cup final. How many times have I said that in the first two minutes of pop? But there you go. Um, <laughs> but obviously, what we'll do is we'll kind of divulge a little bit the Newcastle game in a couple of minutes' time, and then we'll go into the VRL game you know, in a bit more depth. But Danny, it's been a very, very busy couple of weeks for us, hasn't it? Um, there's a lot going on. Well, a hell of a lot going on. This really, 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 really is. <laughs> um, but we, we've got some exciting news to announce. So, um, basically, here in Ireland, Northern Ireland, the island of Ireland, however you see it, on the 11th of June, New FC are playing Liverpool Legends. Now, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna lie. It's not Stephen Gerrard and Jamie Carragher, but it's some pretty big names involved in this game. The likes of Jermaine Pennant, man of the match in the 2007 European Cup final, Alan Kennedy, friend of the podcast. The likes of Jason McAteer, John Aldridge, Mark Wright, um, amongst others, Jan Morby is managing the team. So me and Danny, I'll let kind of Danny tell you exactly what we're um, we're doing on that day. But they're coming over on the 11th of June against New York FC. And me and you, Danny, we have a special um, a special role to play in this day, don't we? Yeah, so we've had the chance, haven't we, to be able to go down and to be able to sort of be the press on the day. So we're going to get a chance to be able to um, obviously commentate on the game. We're going to get to see the game. We'll give our reactions to what's going on. We'll hopefully get to interview some of the players. We'll be there for the after-match meal and all of these different things. Um, so, yeah, we're really going to get stuck in. So we need to get the video footage of this. I know, obviously, our podcast is normally audio-based, and some of that will probably go into our next podcast. Um, but... I think we need to be videoing this as well, don't we, to get for the interviews and all these different things. So it's going to be, oh, it's going to be good. I'm looking forward to it. And Jan Mulby's managing, which means if they're looking for a replica Jan Mulby to sit in midfield and do his job for him, sit in that centre circle, I'm your man. I, I'm up for him. <laughs> bring him about. <laughs> well, that's it. That's it. And then John Aldridge, I don't think he's last 90 minutes. So surely I'm worthy of 15 or top. You know, next to him. Do, do a bit of running. Anyone that knows me knows I haven't run in football for the last 10 years, but there you go. Um, but yeah, no, literally, it's not a privilege. We'll be going down there as part of the press team. We've got going to be mixing with former players. It's going to be a lovely event. There's still tickets available, which we'll put, plug in our socials. And we are actually, at the moment, we're conferring with some of the guys that are organising the event. We'll have a little bit more information in coming pods. But that's something that we kind of had to announce. So... We will have a podcast that will have more than one legend on. Um, and I'm not just talking about me and you, Danny, so that'll be good. <laughs> uh, and that'll be interesting. And it'll be good to kind of showcase our podcast on YouTube um, and all the other platforms that we that we normally do. So that, that's exciting. So it's good that we can announce that. We've kept that up Trump for a while. Um, but yeah, as I say, here we go. There's a lot to talk about. So Danny, last Saturday, me and you, we weren't sitting there listening to Strabam Radio Online at 9 o'clock. And we weren't sitting there listening to Sportswire Radio at 11 o'clock, listening to ourselves on podcast. What were we doing, mate? Well, firstly, I want to just apologise to our sponsors, who the radio stations that put us on every week that we weren't listening. Uh, normally, we listen every single week, so we do apologise for that. Um, but we were, we were out. You got a chance to be able to experience a little bit of my world, didn't you? We were out climbing a mountain. Um, well, we say mountain. We were out climbing Cave Hill in Belfast, um, which is a good, a good jaunt to be fair. It's a steep hill. Um, so we were out there first thing in the morning, getting a chance to go out in the rain, climbing a hill before we were going to be um, then meeting, um, watching Liverpool game, watching Liverpool Newcastle that we're going to start to analyse in a few minutes, uh, and being able to look at just some of these other exciting things that are coming up over the next few months. So it was good banter. I enjoyed it. But yeah, I mean, yeah. Well, Danny was 
walking the hill. I was kind of catching up on Danny. I, I can't explain it, but he was very polite. He, he He's a pro at this at this stage. But we made it. We got to the end. Danny had to stop a couple of times from him, but we got there in the end. You know, you're, you're only as strong as your weakest link. I, I got that in straight away. <laughs> and Danny understood that. But I also, Danny's a very good, um, what you call, orienteer. He didn't get us lost once. He didn't make us change direction once. He kept to the same route. It was fantastic. Um, and the good thing about it is we didn't like, change our route two or three times to add extra steps. Not at all, no. So it was grand. It was perfect. It was lovely. But jokes aside, <laughs> jokes aside, it was a great experience. And what else would it be? And yeah, obviously, we listen to the radio stations and ourselves every single Saturday morning. But just before we go into football, Danny, my friend, my co-host, uh, legend in the making, Danny has a very busy life. He's got three young children and uh, his job takes him all over the world, as we know, pre-pandemic and in life, but you're doing something interesting now, aren't you, over the next um, couple of months, Danny? So I wouldn't do it just as explaining it. So please let all our listeners know um, what exactly you're doing. And um, what I will say to you guys before Danny explains it, you're going to grow some respect for him because if you didn't already, just wow. Go on, Danny. <laughs> well, first of all, I think it doesn't bode very well that, yes, as you said, we've done a five-kilometre walk up Cave Hill that actually turned out to be seven and a half kilometres because as good as I am at walking, I am not very good at navigating, and anyone that knows me really well knows that. Is that like I still have to use a sat-nav to be able to get me home from places that I go to sometimes two or three times a month. Um, so, yeah, my navigation skills aren't the best. Um, but, yeah, this summer I am going to be taking part in what's called the Seven Sevens. So for anyone that isn't over here, who doesn't live over on the island of Ireland, it is walking the seven highest mountains in Northern Ireland that are over 700 metres. So obviously big mountains, like generally takes you a good few hours to do each one. Um, and I'm going to be doing all of them. So all seven of them. There's actually nine mountains, but two of them are under 700 metres. So they don't count, although they're going to count on my calves because I'm going to be dying. Um but yeah, so I'm going to be doing that. It has to be done in one day. So I'm hoping to complete it within about 12 hours um, in the sort of Mourn Mountain area. So yeah, it's like 30 kilometer hike up all these different mountains and stuff. I've done two of them today. I was actually out today doing two different mountains. I've done the highest mountain in Northern Ireland, Donard. Came back down and you get to a place called the Saddle in between the, se- the first highest mountain and the second highest mountain. And I thought to myself... Do you know what? I'll do the second one while I'm here. And I started up the second one and I instantly regretted it. My legs are in bits now. Um, but yeah, I have to try and get that training in to keep me going. Well, there you go. Absolute respect, Danny. And what we will do is we'll post links to some of the fundraising that you're doing it for. Um, and I'm sure we'll, we'll, we'll mention it week by week. You, you can't your progression. I'll be excited to hear and very, very excited to hear not joining, to be honest with you. So respect to you and all your, your comrades doing that, Danny. So <laughs> just, just before we go into the Newcastle game that we did watch together, um, what's the what's it for? What's the actual um you're doing it for a certain reason, aren't you? So you you're raising money for is it local children, is it? Yeah, so it's it's for the organisation that I work for, uh, LMI. So it's doing the youth and schools work. So everything that we do with young people all over the country, uh, we do for free. So we don't charge anyone for it. So it's uh, enabling us to be able to do the things that we do. We get supported by local people and local organisations and churches and charities and all sorts of different people. Uh, so it's just raising money, raising awareness for that in order for us because we travel all over the country uh, doing a lot of different projects. And as I said, all that we do for the young people and the schools and everything we do is all completely free. So 
yeah, basically asking people for money so that we can keep doing it for free. <laughs> well, there you go, yeah. No, it's a, it's a really good cause and it's some challenge, Danny. So over the next couple of weeks and months, uh, coming into the, the summer months, it'll be interesting to keep all our listeners up to date. And wherever you are listening to the world, trust me, those mountains are tougher than they look. Um, and Cave Hill is a mountain to me. It, well, it was. <laughs> That's all I can say. But anyway, let, let's talk about the football. So we, we briefly, briefly discussed the VAR game there. But before that, we played Newcastle. Saturday morning slash early afternoon kickoff. We went to a bar in uh, Lisbon to watch it. There was many changes. I got that right. You didn't get that right, yep, Danny. Um, the likes of Alexander Arnold, Mohamed Salah, uh, Fabinho, amongst others, were on the bench. The likes of Milner got a game. Keita, um, who actually scored the, the winning goal in the end. I wouldn't say, mate, it goes down in the history books as the most thrilling game that we've watched this season or ever. But it is one very, very, very important away win, isn't it, mate? Yeah, we were talking about it in the in the uh, restaurant that we were in, wasn't we? That that was actually the first game that we've both watched together, which is mad considering we host a podcast about Liverpool and we've never watched the Liverpool match together. Uh, so I don't know whether that's quite embarrassing or what, but we always obviously watch the games and like message each other, Jordan. But yeah, it was the first one, and as you said, it wasn't exactly groundbreaking. It wasn't exactly Barcelona semi-final type job, um, but we were saying, wasn't we? We've said a few times and we've said on the podcast at different points is that this stage of the season isn't about amazing wins. It's just about getting results. And that's all it is. You just have to win games. You win them dirty. You win them rough. You do all everything you can. It might be a sloppy goal. It might be a tap-in. It might be a 30-yard screamer. It could be anything. But as long as there's three points on the board at the end, that's all that matters. As we said, that's the was Liverpool's 56th game. Uh, they've played another game since then as well to get into the Champions League final. 56 games in a season is unreal. So these boys at this point are running on fumes. Like, And I think I think we, we're going to go into the Villarreal game and stuff. And, and I think you've seen a lot of that in the Villarreal game. But the reality is, is that there's a belief in that team that no matter what, they're going to win anyway. And and that's what we've seen. Keita with a very, very good dribble uh, in order to be able to put it into the back of the net. And we've done what was needed. We've seen out the game and like I was happy enough with it. As long as there was three points on the board at the end, no matter how much abuse we were getting in that restaurant from Johnny and all the rest of the fellas in there, we won. And that's all that, that's all that counts. Absolutely. I have to give a shout out to a friend of the podcast, Johnny Fahey there, who was... Uh, clutching onto every Newcastle tackle, every Newcastle shot, every Newcastle corner. God bless him. He had nothing better to do, did he? Absolute wind-up. I know, it was funny, but there you go. But uh, hey, from that game, one of the biggest things that I, I thought about was James Milner played um, against Benfica, the home leg, mm. the, the game that we, I think it was a, it was a three-all. He had a bit of a stinker, to be fair, and there was a few people saying maybe he's gone, maybe his legs are gone. He started against Newcastle. That's a surprise, because we had the likes of Oxlade-Chamberlain, Curtis-Jones, and boys like that. But he started, he actually got man of the match. Now, in my personal opinion, I wouldn't say he was man of the match, but he put a great display in. And it was actually his tackle that led on to the, um, led on to the goal, wasn't it? So there's rumours going out there that he is probably going to get another year by Jürgen Klopp. Um, you know, this season he's played 37, 38 games, obviously mostly off the bench, but he's a great squad player to have, isn't he, Danny? Yeah, I think that's one thing that you can never accuse James Milner of is not having the legs in him because the guy is fit as a fiddle for the age of him. Like, And yes, he maybe 
mentally isn't quite reading the game at the speed that he was four or five years ago. But his experience, and, and as we said, especially coming into such a tight end of the season, having someone like Milner, whether he's playing or whether he's not playing, having someone like that in the squad that knows what it takes to grind out trophies, that that's all that matters. He has had such a long career. He's seen so many different plays. He's seen so many different styles of football. He's seen so many different players come through, uh, and different and all from different countries and all sorts of different things. The fact that he can speak multiple languages to communicate with the team. The fact that he knows how to be able to grind out results to get trophies. The fact that he knows how other teams work and other teams play. Cause he's seen them do it before. Like I, I'm not. I wouldn't be surprised if he gets the year extension on his contract just because of the help that he is in the back room, not necessarily even the amount of games he's played. Never mind, as you said, he's played 37 games this season, which most teams that go out of the cup competitions early doors, they only play those types of games anyway, so he's, he's still hitting high numbers. Like That's it. He's a great, great squad player to have, and he can play in various positions. And the fact that he can come in and do a job against Newcastle on Saturday kind of early morning, get man of the match whether you yeah. believe it or not and, and just he's done a job which is what you want again he come on against VAL last seven eight minutes kind of kept the ball simple through through tackles and you know um he's just fantastic but yeah let's go on to our VAL game so Danny how on earth do you talk about a game where you were 2-0 up in the first leg you think you were going to win it comfortably everyone did but VAL just come out the blocks the basically that first half against VAR was probably our worst first half of the, of the season, but we still found a way. And the important thing to say about this game is Liverpool still found a way to get through the tie. And we've done it kind of quite convincingly in the end, didn't we? Yeah, I think it's it goes back to what we were saying before. I think Liverpool weren't trying to play like Liverpool. And that's the problem is that they were trying to play just manageable football and see it out and save legs, which is understandable. As we said, 57 games in at this point, you do want to try and save legs. You do want to try and keep boys okay, the likes of Van Dijk and Thiago and uh, Trent and like Salad and all these different boys. You want to try and keep them all okay because we've still got... Like it's not as if any of the games that we've got between now and the end of the season are kind of nothing games. They're not. They're all we need to win every Premier League game. We've got an FA Cup final coming up. We've got a Champions League final now coming up. The all of these games are big, big games. So we've tried we've tried to manage the game and it hasn't worked. But then as you said, second half, we start playing the Liverpool way and we were convincing. And it was I think it was a mixture of things. I think it's fitness, I think it's fatigue, I think it was the atmosphere, uh, and all these different things. But as you said, when you look at the final result, it, it looks like we won it convincingly, but I think we know that that wasn't the whole situation. Like, <laughs> Well, that's it. And there's only so much analysis you can do about a game where you turn all down um, after a couple of, you know, I wouldn't say sloppy goals, well-worked goals by VAL, but they put us under pressure. And then we come back, we did what Liverpool do. We never do it the easy way. And we're in another Champions League final. Now, that is, as we were saying off air, that's actually Liverpool's fourth Euro- European final in the year, and Klopp in as many years. It's our third European Cup final. And now that we've had a chance to mention, you know, Jürgen, and I'm, I'm not going to kill everyone's ears and sing the Jürgen Klopp, Jürgen Klopp song. Yes, I'm actually, <laughs> here we go. I'm not going to joke. We haven't actually mentioned, in all the madness and the things that we've um, discussed so far on this action pack pod, we haven't actually mentioned that Jürgen Klopp signed a two-year contract. 
I know, you know, which, which is probably the biggest news of the week. Even because oh, I, I said I think many of us were expecting us to go through to the Champions League final, but to, for Klopp, I think pe- people also had in their minds that Jurgen Klopp was leaving when his contract ended, and, and we were all kind of gutted about that, wondering who was going to be next. It was never in anyone's mind that he was suddenly going to sign an extension. And like for me, it's not like oh well, is he going to still have his heart in it and all the rest of it? He's a born winner. And the things that he's done at Liverpool, I think he can really solidify himself as as the greatest manager we've ever had. That's it. And I think that must be part of the um, part of the attraction to sign the contract. Plus, apparently his wife Ula, she yeah. said she can't see him going anywhere else. So, hey, hats off to Ula. That's what I can say. There's <laughs> a song going round for Ula as well, which is amazing. But you know, <laughs> just on that, as I mentioned, it's the fourth European final, the third Champions League final in. You know, four and a half, five years here in Clopton Manager. We could do a whole episode on this, but just dead quick. You know, do you think that Jurgen Klopp realistically has a chance to be Liverpool's greatest ever manager? Now, I know what you're going to say to this because it's obviously yeah, but try and give a better answer, I suppose, because it's 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 exciting and scary saying it in the same sentence, isn't it? If he can win the quadruple this year, he goes down as Liverpool's greatest ever manager. He'll have done something historically that no other manager has ever done. So for me, it puts him down as a mortal. It puts him down as our greatest ever manager. Like you've got like Bill Shankly and ones like that. That yes, they've done amazing things for Liverpool. The philosophy they instilled. But if he can win four trophies in one year, he puts himself up there automatically with the greatest ever managers in terms of what he has won and the caliber of the trophies that he's won. It's not just sort of FA Cups and Charity Shields. It's it's Premier League titles. It's Champions League trophies. It's Big, big cups. He's instilled a philosophy into the club. And as I said, to do something no manager before him has ever done, it, it just it adds that extra level that other managers didn't have for Liverpool. So for me, that's what that that if he can do that this season, that is automatically going to secure his place as our greatest ever manager. Outside of that, if he doesn't do it this year, but he wins, say, three trophies or even two trophies, I think with his contract extension, if he keeps going the way that he, he is. I can see him at least getting close to it. Yeah, well, that's, he's got multiple chances to, to become Liverpool's creative yeah. manager. And we're both sitting here with smiles on our faces because we, we know if he's going to do that, we're going to enjoy it. And that, that, that that's the beauty of this magical game that we love and of our absolutely amazing manager. But what I will say, just on a kind of final note, now I know we did it in 2001, but it was the League Cup, UEFA Cup and FA Cup. And in the Premier League, we didn't, we, I think we finished like, was it, I think it was fourth maybe. Um. But this year we've literally played every single game that we could we, we could play in. We've got to every single cup final, and we're still fighting on all four fronts, which is just unprecedented. So, just before we kind of take a, a quick break of the first part of the podcast, just put just Liverpool fans sit there now and think: Liverpool Football Club in years gone by, and in recent years gone by, used to be fighting for top four, like United are now, and failing like United are now, and here we are in every single cup final possible with a cup under our bag and we're literally a point away from potentially winning the Premier League again. Let me say that again. It's just wonderful times as a Liverpool fan. And with the games coming thick and fast, as we say, we've got Spurs at the weekend um, and we've got Aston Villa um, you know, rather, rather than against Stevie G next Tuesday. So there's a lot to discuss in the second part of the podcast, but just... Just think about that, Reds. Liverpool are just, even if we do nothing between now and the end of the season, it's still been a, a fantastic season. But in the meantime, thanks for listening to Ammo. And Danny's Irish Anfield Road. 
find more great shows or join the team at sport-social.co.uk. Well, welcome back everyone to Ammo and Danny's Irish Anfield Road. Now, this Saturday we are playing Spurs. It's an evening game, Saturday evening game, which isn't, it's a bit irregular for what we normally have been doing this season, especially I think because of the Champions League games and different things like that. Um, but yeah, we are playing a rare at home Saturday night, quarter to eight kickoff, uh, Liverpool v Spurs. Now, Spurs are, are probably, I, I, I would arguably say, on form at the minute, though at the same time, it's towards the end of the season, so spares are going to bottle it at some point, so I'm hoping it'll be this Saturday. We all know it's going to happen at some point. Um, but Son Heung-min playing amazing at the minute. Harry Kane's finding his range in terms of passes, although he's not necessarily scoring loads of goals and things like that. How do you see this game going? Obviously, Spurs are still technically on the hunt for top four, so so it's games that they've got to win. It's not a nothing game for them. How do you see this game pan out, Samuel? Spurs are one of those teams where we we laugh and joke about them because they're kind of sleeping giants, which you know everyone knows what I mean by that phrase. They've got the potential of being up there with the top four, but they never seem to be up there really. They have maybe the flirt with the possibility of having of maybe finished in the top four a couple of seasons, but they're not really that great. But compared to you, you know, Spurs are like Southampton. They're an average team, but they've just got a couple of brilliant players. And, and that's the difference. If Spurs didn't have Harry Kane and Son, they would be like a Southampton or a Wolves, wouldn't they? Just <laughs> bang average. But the fact of the matter is, is that they have got Harry Kane and they have got Son. And look what they did against City. You know, Harry Kane does nothing for about six months. You know, he tried to get his move to City, didn't happen. Done nothing for six months. Next thing you know, Hatrick against City. And that, that's the type of player he is now. He has he scored goals against Liverpool. Um, he's had some great games, bad games, but he's he's a threat. And Saturday night football again, the whole country's going to be watching the fight for top four. Harry Kane is that type of player that maybe if he wants to move to Real Madrid or Barcelona in the summer, you know, if City don't want him. He's he knows the world's going to be watching this particular game, so it's the type of game that he will turn up. So again, we have to be on guard. How do we see the game going? God only knows. I see goals. I see plenty of goals because there's too many talented players on that field not to see goals. You know, whoever Liverpool play up front, probably score. Whoever Tottenham play up front, probably score. But again, if you're going to want to win the quadruple, if you want to win the league, you have to be beating te- teams like Spurs. You have to. I don't think they're particularly strong defensively. Mm. I think Dai can be got at the back. I think Romeo can be got at the back. Um, I don't really fancy the back four any of them. Whoever they play there, I, I don't really fancy them. I think that we can get through them. I'm going to go for maybe, let's go 3-1 victory to Liverpool. But I do think something's telling me that Spurs are going to score first, just as what happened against Villarreal. I think Liverpool are going to have to try and test themselves again. And I see them getting the first goal, but Liverpool eventually coming and, and winning 3-1. But, again, it's going to be interesting to see what type of team he plays, because God knows, we, we discussed it last week, and we didn't know what he was going to do with the teams, and it turned out he did end up wrestling boys against Newcastle. And do you think Jürgen Klopp may be saying, right, well, it doesn't, uh, where I want to rotate it on, I just have to. As you said, people are mentally fatigued and stuff like that. So, yeah, depending on the team, it's going to be tight, but I'm going to go for 3-1 Liverpool. How do you see it going? Um, <laughs> first of all, 3-1. I'm quite... Uh, it's not like you to go 3-1. <laughs> I'm going to do a montage at the end of the season of how many times I most predicted 3-1 in a match. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I think you, you hit the nail on the head. Is the 
goals are going to be key to this game, and that sounds like a Michael Owen quote, doesn't it? The goals are going to be really key to the game. Like, it really, really does. <laughs> I realized as soon as it came out of my mouth, I was like, oh, mate, that sounds like a Michael Owen quote. You can edit um, it. It's granddaddy. You can edit it. <laughs> but Spurs have been like either big hitters or nothing all season. You see some of their results that they've had recently. 5-0 against Everton, 3-1 against West Ham, 5-1 against Newcastle, 4-0 against Villa. They're either scoring loads of goals or they're not scoring at all because outside of that, it's been like nil-nil against Brentford and different scores like that. And that's where they've been dropping their points throughout the season. And I think it comes down to the fact that we can change our team all we want to, but we need to keep a solid defensive line. And I think we'll. that's why we'll go with the classic sort of Robbo and Trent, Van Dijk and Matip, because we need a solid back line. Because if we can stop Spurs from scoring, then they can't do nothing else. And as you said, they, they look weak at the back. So I think we can get past them. Lloris isn't having a good season this season in general. Uh, they've been playing Eric Dyer quite a lot. Who for me, is full of mistakes. That's why he's got dropped out of the England squad. All of these different things. And I, I don't think they'd be able to handle the heat that we bring up front, especially if someone like Diaz is starting. Uh, do you know what? You mentioned Robinson there. It's a good point. I think he looked fatigued against VAL. Yeah. So I think he actually might be dropped. You know, there's something inside me saying that Tamiska hasn't, hasn't really put a foot wrong this season. And with the games literally coming like every two or three days now, I think Tamiska is in a shout of starting against um, Spurs. So that'll be one to watch because, you know, I think it's a case boys aren't really getting rest now, are they? They just kind of they probably don't train in between now. They probably just get ready for the games, do a bit of you know warm down work and a bit of light training and just play. Yeah. But I don't see any Robson playing in this game. I think he needs a rest, and I think it'll benefit him. It'll benefit the team. And to miscast isn't Andy Robinson. He's not, but he can do a job. And I think it's a game like what Gomez did last weekend against Newcastle, like what Milner did. Um. I think it's it's a game four to miscast, but at the same time, you mentioned the solid back four because Spurs have got goals in them. Does Klopp maybe think that nah, I can't actually afford to risk any of the back four? We need to go quite strong. Newcastle don't quite have that goal threat that um, Spurs do, so maybe that, that wasn't his thinking. God knows, but what I will say is, that no matter what the back four we, we pick, I do think there's going to be plenty of goals. And again, it sound like Michael O'Neill, but I just see Liverpool coming on. You know, at the end of the day, we've got more quality than most teams and. You know, quality comes up on top. And yeah, I've predicted 3 1 a lot to quite, a, quite a bit this season, but there's been quite a few 3 1 results as well. So yeah. just let you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there has. No, there has. And I think, you're, I think you're right. I think it'll be a high scoring game. Uh, you just hope that it's happening in Liverpool's favour. But as we said, I think one of the differences in this game is the fact that both teams have got stuff to be fighting for. It's easy enough to look at like fixtures on paper and go our oh, city have got easier fixtures or whatever the reality is is that it all depends on what teams are playing for if spurs win this game against liverpool they jump above arsenal and they're only two points behind chelsea to finish third so they play it they've got a lot to go for chelsea at the minute are kind of slipping up quite a lot uh, i've had a number of different like losses and draws that they weren't expecting to have obviously obviously most most recently being beat by everton and stuff like that um so i think there's a lot there's a lot riding on this game, both for Spurs and for Liverpool. So I think we're going to see two teams that are going to come out and just go for it. And it's all about who can break down that defence first. So, Yeah, absolutely. And as I say, it's a game that is, it's going to be watched by everyone Saturday night football. You know, anyone that doesn't like Liverpool is going to also have to become a Spurs fan on Saturday night. And there'll be some atmospheres and some bars all over Liverpool, all over Ireland, all over the world. So yeah, bring it on and... I don't think Spurs come in a conversation of a team that we need to worry about. And if they beat us, which you know is, is perfectly possible, I can eat my words. But 
I don't think they will. And yeah, see nothing other than a comfortable victory for Liverpool. Yeah. And then, as you said, we're going to go into probably, uh, I think it probably is at that stage of the season where do teams need to massively be out training? I don't think so. I think that we know that the match fit, they've played enough games that we know that the match fit, it's going to be cool down sessions and it's going to be a lot of tactical sort of stuff going into going into rooms and going over tactics because literally three days later we play Villa. Um, again, evening kickoff, isn't it? Uh, eight o'clock kickoff on Tuesday playing away. Um, got to do a bit of traveling there to face Stevie G's team. The question that everybody, like, I think we know because of what football is, but the question that everybody will be secretly asking themselves, is Stevie G going to make changes so he purposely throws this game? <laughs> oh, of course he is. Of course he is. You know, it's obviously, he's going to rest all the boys and have them all ready for City last game of the season and, and get a scrappy nil-nil. <laughs> the poor going to win the league and he's going to celebrate like he never did before. But yeah, um, Aston Villa have got some quality. Obviously, Coutinho will be facing Liverpool as well. I think that's the first time it's happened now. So, um, he, he might have a, a point to prove, you know, because by all accounts, he pushed a move back to Liverpool. It just didn't quite go through. So, we don't know what happened behind the scenes there. Maybe he wants to push for that move again to Liverpool. Mm-hmm. And they've got, obviously, great players. Danny Ings, you know, we've mentioned him a lot on this podcast in the past. Ollie Watkins up front. They've got your man in midfield. His name passes me. Uh, McGinn, Jack Mc... is it McGinn? Yeah, McGinn in midfield. Yeah. He's a great player. So they've got again. They like a Paul Man. Arsenal are like a Paul Man Spurs, you know. But Stephen Gerrard got them, and they were in relegation zone. So Paul Man Spurs in twelfth or wherever they are is actually a good achievement by Stevie G. And yeah, he's going to rest a few boys, but take nothing for granted. Take take absolutely nothing for granted in this league. And um, yeah, I think your man at uh, centre back for. Aston Villa is a Tyrell Mings. Yep. I think he's got he's, again, like you said about uh, Eric Dyer, he's got a mistake in him. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what front three Jurgen Klopp plays against Spurs and see how that reflects the front three against Aston Villa because there's obviously going to be changes. Yeah, and we just don't know. What the, it's so hard because in the years gone by, you'd know what the start eleven was going to be. You just don't know nothing right now, do you? Because there's that many squad players that can come in. Exactly, yeah. And and again, they've got stuff to play for. They're sitting 13th at the minute. They've got two games in hand over like some Newcastle and stuff. If they can win those games, they go up to ninth. Like That's a good finish for them. And considering the amount of money you get, the higher you place in the league, to finish in the top, in the top half of the table is going to be great, especially for Gerard's morale. And as he's pushing to want to buy all these players, there's, there's all these rumours going around, isn't it, that he wants to uh, bring Suarez in in the summer and stuff like that. Um whether he'll do it or what, I don't know. But I think finishing in the top half of the table and showing progression from what Aston Villa done last year is going to massively help his case in that regard. So I, I personally don't think he's going to throw it. Though I think there's always going to be something in him that he's not going to be that gutted if he loses the game, if you know what I mean. Because I think his allegiance is still with Liverpool in that sense. Yeah, he's a Liverpool fan, Aston Villa manager. And he can get his points to finish ninth against City. That's, that's fine by me. It's fine by everyone else. So, <laughs> yeah. But again, we've said it a hundred times before. We'll probably say a hundred times again. Any game in the Premier League is tough. I've mentioned the quality. We've got the likes of Ollie Watkins, Danny Ings. Danny Ings doesn't even get a game sometimes for them. So he, only, he left Liverpool because he wasn't getting a game at Liverpool. And we always said he had the quality to be a Liverpool player. But, you know, he's coming to Aston Villa now. He's not necessarily getting the games. But it just goes to show the, the strength and depth in some teams in the Premier League, as I say. They're a poor man, Spurs, poor man Spurs, but Spurs have got some world-class players, so it's not really, it's not like a, I'm slagging them off, although I am, I'm joking, but they've got quality in the team, 
and Liverpool need to watch out for that quality like you're doing every Premier League game. But I'm going to say in this particular game, and I hate to say it, I don't want to say this, I'm going to go for maybe like a 1-1 draw. Because I do see us and City losing points mm. between now and the end of the season. And I just think that it wouldn't be cliche if, if kind of Liverpool dropped a couple of points against Stevie G. But I'm going to go for a 1-1 draw. That's me kind of head. But my heart saying like a comfortable 2 3 no victory. That's what me heart saying. But how do you see it going? I think if Stevie G can win his game at the weekend before he plays Liverpool, I think he won't be as gutted if if they don't if they don't beat us. Because it puts him into the top half of the table. It only puts him one point behind Brighton. And I just I can't see anything other than I I think it's biased, but I think I can't see anything other than Liverpool win because I just can't see us losing. Like, like you, you look at the Villarreal game, you look at the Newcastle game, you look at all these different ones and we've spoke about it before. There's a belief within that Liverpool team that whether they go behind, whether they're drawing, whether it's a sloppy game, whether it's a scrappy game, whether it's a physical game or what, there's just something within that team that just looks like we're going to win. And I think it wouldn't surprise me if it's a typical sort of Salah, Mane and Jota type starting lineup, and if we're not doing it after 60 minutes, Luis Diaz comes on and just completely changes the game, we end up winning a 3-0, like, and that's what that's how I think it'll go Um, I think it'll come down to the changes we make off the bench, but I just think we'll be too strong for them, I just can't see us dropping points at the minute, and I know Aston Villa are a good team, but I just think we've got so much in in the in in the locker at the minute in terms of our squad and everything, so yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go. Do you know I'm gonna be confident. I'm gonna say three 0 Liverpool. See how it goes. Well, that's it. My heart time for you now, and say we've got so many squad players, and you know, we've been chatting that much in this podcast. I haven't even mentioned that the performance of Diaz against Real. It was just he come off the bench and just he changed that game, and it's oh, yeah. been absolutely electric. If it wasn't for Salah getting like nearly thirty goals again this season, and Manny getting twenty goals, you'd be looking at Diaz as probably one of the players of each season. And I didn't even mention Diego Jota. That's got about 20 goals as well. It's just scary. Yeah. Uh, we, we, we've nearly forgot to mention that Jürgen Klopp signed a new contract. What I did forget to mention was Liverpool have broken the record for the most goals they've ever scored in the season. That, Man, we, we did that again. Right. It's you know, it's, it's clearly all down to this podcast, Danny. You know, we say it all the time. <laughs> Liverpool bang, bang average until we start this podcast. And, you know, things have happened. And, uh, yeah, as I say, we, we don't know Jürgen Klopp personally, but we're expecting something in the post. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I know it's just as I said we're just we're breaking records we're still on for this quadruple there's just so much going on and I, I just I can't remember a season when this has ever happened before when we've still had so much to play for I've been in I've been a part obviously it, was, it wasn't that long ago we had the whole run up to the end of the Premier League where we were just behind City and we just lost out to it and different things like that we've had times when we've obviously been in Champions League finals so we finished the season you're looking forward to that game and all the rest of it but to have so much on the line in every single game we play between now and the end of the season is just it's just completely different like it's just so weird and it's it's epic as a Liverpool fan. Obviously, as as players, they're obviously they must be dying and, and dying for a holiday. I'm sure they'll be away for about two months just trying to rest. But as a fan, you love it, don't you? It's just every three days there's a game. There's loads to be talking about and so much at stake. It's not like a lot of the other teams where they're going. Oh well, yeah, we've got this game at the end of the season. Doesn't really mean much. You, like I'd, I'd hate to be a Norwich fan right now. Just every game left now just means absolutely nothing to them. Um. So yeah, I just don't know. It's just 
It's just amazing. Uh, I just really hope we can do it. Like I know you've got a friend that's an Norwich fan. I know yeah. that's a dig at him. I not really know it is, but <laughs> it's so true. But you mentioned the fans, and that's one thing that we didn't have last season for most of it. Yeah. It's the fans. So we mentioned how great Jurgen Klopp is. We mentioned how great the players are, and that is so true. We we mentioned the mentality, the mentality monsters attitude, all hundred percent true. But let's pick ourselves up a little bit. The fans have just been amazing, and Liverpool fans are the best in the world, no doubt about it. Mm. We wouldn't have this, have this kind of semi-successful podcast if we were Norwich, would we? And that's just the truth. <laughs> it's because we've got hardcore fans that probably listen to us and a hundred other Liverpool podcasts and keep doing it week in, week out. Uh, and they're obsessed. And we are just the best in the world. And, you know, it, it's great this time of season, but it's hard because, you know, you're trying to explain to people that don't like football that, you know, but this is the biggest game and we've got this cup final. But you were in a cup final last week. Yeah, I know. It doesn't normally happen, but... We are. <laughs> it's just, it, yeah, it, it, it's it's make or break time. And um, years gone by, you were hoping and praying. But I think we're, we're fairly confident now, aren't we, Danny, that Liverpool are going to produce maybe another one, if not a couple more trophies. Yeah, I think so. And I think, yeah, you're right about the fans as well. Now, somebody may prove me wrong in terms of the facts on this, but the fact that, like, the Villarreal game, say, for instance, they were, they were so passionate, they were so loud. But to put perspex screens up in front of the Liverpool fans I, I think for me is a ploy that they've done practically because of the fact that because obviously like because they didn't have them in front of themselves but they were in front of Liverpool fans because I think they know even just a small section of Liverpool fans the impact that they can have on a game and I think people are purposely going out of the way not just to try and sort of nullify our team but also nullify our fans as well because they know the impact that they can have. And and every single game now, I think you're seeing it every time you watch TV or whether you go to the games and all these different things, every single game, like even that Newcastle game and stuff like that, our fans are turning up as if it's a Champions League final every time because we know the impact that we can have on these games. And it's just, it's, it's epic. It's just such a good time to be a Liverpool fan at the minute. And the last question I want to ask you before we sort of wrap this up is I've said for weeks now that Klopp wants to win the league more than anything because of the Liverpool fans, because of the fans being in the stadium and all the rest of it. Do you think that he has had a mind switch now that he's starting to think I could win all four of you. I don't think that was in his mind. And I know we keep saying in the media and stuff, he's like, we're not thinking about it, we're not thinking about it. But by the way that we're seeing him acting every game and the tactics that he's put in play and all the rest of it, do you think he stopped thinking, well, if I can win anything, I'd rather win the Premier League? And he's thinking to himself, hey, we could legitimately win all four of you now. Well, how do you answer that question quickly? But I mean, let me let me give a couple of examples of, of, of great things that have happened in our game. You look back at the Arsenal Invincibles, they're still talked about to this day. You look back at the treble winning teams of 1999, United and Liverpool 2001. I know United won the Champions League, the FA Cup and the league, and it was different to our treble. I get that. But the moments that we still talk about to this day, and I think that Jürgen Klopp and anyone in that Liverpool squad or Liverpool team or the backroom staff know that this moment here could never happen in their careers, whether you be you know, James Milner, who's played 37 games, whether you're Mo Salah, who's star player, or you're Alex Ruffley-Chamberlain, who's played about 15, 20 games. Every single player in that squad and every single person involved with Liverpool know that this is a very, 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 very unique opportunity. And Jürgen Kopp leads that team, leads that squad of men. So um, 
of course he does. And he, I, I don't think he's prioritising everything. I think he's just, the, let's believe what they're saying. They are just playing every game as it comes. The fact that he's making changes goes to show that, it, you know, he's making every game important. We noticed that with the FA Cup this season when he played some big players, but, you know, we've mentioned the squad. So we could sit there all day and talk about it. But I think we're on the cusp of doing something very, very, very special. And the fact that me and you just sitting here chatting bubbles on a podcast, know that that's happening. Jürgen Klopp, he'd be the biggest bluffer in the world if he, if, if he didn't know that himself. So, of course, he does. And answering to your question, no, I think he's taking every game seriously. The only thing is, the only cup that is out of our hands is the, is, is the Premier League. Every other cup is in our hands. So, we we do require a little bit of luck. But as I mentioned, the Lucy City um, losing points. Let's hope that this Real Madrid City game that we're currently watching in the background goes to extra time. Be- uh, because that will help us out, I think, as well. But yeah, um, I've said it on my Facebook, I've said it in person, I've said it on a podcast. What a time to be alive. Oh, massively. And you know what? There's so much that we could spend time talking about here, but we just don't have the time. We, we haven't had time to analyse whether Liverpool are going to make massive changes in the build-up to the FA Cup final, but we're going to discuss that on next week's pod. We haven't even discussed the fact that, of the Real Madrid and Man City game and all of these different things that are leading up to the Champions League final. We could be here all day. There's so many things happening. But as we've said before, what a time to be a Liverpool fan, to be able to have so much to be able to talk about, to have so much on the line. So right into the end of the season we hope that you're loving it we hope that you're loving the games we hope that you're enjoying this analysis that we get the chance to do every week as much as we enjoy being able to talk about it because just like the Liverpool team we do this for the people listening for the fans in the hopes that you will enjoy being able to think a little bit more about the amazing things that Liverpool are doing this season but this is the end of our podcast we thank you so much for listening. Hope you enjoy it. Hope you enjoy the games. And next week, hopefully, we come back to you with six more points in the bag and getting ready for an FA Cup final. But thank you so much for listening to Ammo and Danny's Irish Anfield Road. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.